0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you receive a blessing from this program. We hope that you will join us in person this Sunday at 930 for Sunday School and 1035 for the service. We promise you will receive a warm welcome. For more information or to watch our services live, please go to gpindy.net. Now, let's join the service already in progress.
1: Hope is to trust in you
2: I trust you Lord in the eye of the storm You remain so
1: he called my name i'm so glad he changed me darkness held me down but jesus pulled me out and i'm no longer bound i'm so glad he changed me see i'm now a new creation in christ the old Jesus opened my eyes now I
0: Soon tis all like snow the sun for day to shine, but God again death can't keep me in the ground so go ahead mock my name my love for you is still the same Bury me, but very soon I will be free. Cause I'll rise again. There's no power on earth can keep me down. Yes, I'll rise.
3: As a believer, our hope, our belief, our certainty is heaven itself. The Bible talks about three heavens. Uh, the first heavens, the clouds, the atmospheric uh, 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 clouds that, uh, uh, that are around the heavens, around the earth. Uh, you can find that out in Job chapter 35, verse 5, by the way. So uh, what you see, the clouds and the sky, that's the first heaven. The second heaven is the universe, outer space, the celestial heavens. And uh, you can see those with the telescope. And uh, it's the second heavens, and you can, the heavenlies, you can find them in Ephesians chapter 2, by the way. And then finally, there's the the highest heaven, the third heaven. And uh, that's uh, where uh, the abode of God is. Uh, That's where paradise is. And uh, you can find that in Second Corinthians chapter 12. And so there are actually three heavens, uh, you can say. And then heaven is the believer's hope and confidence that that's our future. He's coming to take us back, back to where he came from. And he was seated on the right hand of the Father. So we go back to heaven with Christ one day, don't we? It states in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Uh, when we leave this life, he's got something special for us one day. Ephesians 2, 6 says this here, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're seated. We are in Christ. He's seated in the heavens. And since we're in him, one day we will be with him personally. Right now we're with him in position. That's our position. But one day it will be personal. We'll be up there with him in heaven. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 1 5 says, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, where have you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel? It's because of the gospel we get to go to heaven. Amen. It's because we have believed in it. We have believed that Christ was his son. He died for our sins, was buried, and rose again. Because we've put our faith in that grace gospel, that guarantees that one day we will go to heaven. And then in 2 Timothy 4:18, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever amen so that's our hope that's our future this life is not the end heaven also helps us to have a balanced world view when we get a grasp of heaven it puts things in proper perspective for instance our priorities colossians chapter 3 verse 2 set your affection on things above not on things on the earth When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then you shall also appear with him in glory. And when you begin to set your priorities and you're you're thinking about your future with Christ, it helps balance it out down here, doesn't it? And then with that, sufferings, we understand, are only temporary. A lot of people go through aches and pains, don't they? Every time I get up off of a chair anymore, I go, oh, (laughs) I don't know if you do that, but I do that, and it hurts. (laughs) And uh, I have uh, a couple of my sisters who come here, and they've been fighting health issues now for quite some time. But when our journey's over, you won't be fighting it anymore. Uh, You'll be walking just great. You'll do fine because it's only temporary. But the things of God are eternal. And what we do down here on this earth for Christ, for God, for his testimony, it will be added up up there. And you'll be rewarded for that one of these days. I promise you that because the word of God says that. Now, some questions that come. Are deceased believers with the Lord yet? And our answer, of course, is yes. But some think First Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those that are already asleep at this time. And they say then, well, that makes them think they're not yet with the Lord. (laughs) Well, that's not true. They are with the Lord. These believers that Paul's talking about have gone through persecution, executions, Sufferings for being Christians. In Thessalonica there, the believers were questioning what about their loved ones who had already died? Paul didn't want them to be ignorant, unaware of what actually had happened to them who were dead in Christ. And he gives that famous passage to encourage them that should encourage us because he's talking to members of the body of Christ. First thessalonians four thirteen but I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep, who have passed on before us. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and those who have died before us, the dead in Christ, shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We call that the rapture passage. And uh, we use that quite often. Stan used it at uh, the last funeral I heard him speak. And we use that often because that is the believer's hope. It's stated there, them also which sleep in Jesus, when he returns in the air for his body church, those who sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Uh, God's not forgotten their bodies. (laughs) When he comes back in the air, Second Thessalonians one says this, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. One day we will gather together with him. And when he comes back, he will bring with him the souls and spirits of those who have been with him In heaven, their dead bodies will be raised up, given in a new resurrection, resurrected, physical, glorified body, and their new body will be then reunited with their soul and their spirit. And then we that are alive when the rapture happens our physical body will be transformed into glorified bodies also. First Corinthians fifteen fifty one. but I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or have to die, but we shall all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of the eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we, the ones that are alive, shall be made alive. For this corruptible, the old body, must put on incorruption, the new body. And this mortal must put on immortality. And so we anticipate seeing and being with our believing loved ones once again. How many of you have somebody that's gone on that you love very much? All of us. Well, if they are a believer in Christ, you will see them one day. He says in verse 17 and 18, Then we which are alive remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord with them. Okay, And so shall we ever be with the, with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. One of the things that keeps me going is the fact that I know that death is not the end. Death is the beginning of eternity in another state. In other words, when you die, your spirit and soul leaves your body and goes to heaven. One day, your body will be raised up, your soul and spirit reunited in a glorified body. But there is that generation that we all hope for. We don't have to die. When the trumpet sounds, we will be transformed, glorified at that moment, and meet our loved ones in the air to meet Jesus Christ. What a day that will be. Amen? Now there's a reason for this. First Corinthians 1550 says this: "Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Now that's very, very important. The bodies we have right now have to be changed. They have to be transformed because they are biologically related to Adam being sinful and vile. And these bodies that we have at this time, if they would go to heaven, they would taint heaven. We can't go to heaven in sinful bodies. When we die, that's why our bodies are left behind and our soul and spirits go to heaven. But God has not forgot our bodies. He states in Ephesians 4.30, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. God put a seal on our body, we who have believed and that will guarantee us our redemption being completed that has the idea of us being able to have our glorified bodies one day it states in Romans 8:23 and not only they but ourselves also which have the first fruits of the spirit we have a down payment even we ourselves grown within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body You see, when you die, your soul and spirit goes to heaven because a sinful body cannot go to heaven. It has to be transformed and glorified. Likewise with us, our bodies that we have right now can't go to heaven like it is. You know, you hear these people say, well, I've been to heaven and back. In their bodies, no sinful body can go to heaven. Amen? And so... You, uh, you have to understand that this body has to be changed, transformed, and God's put a seal upon us until that takes place. So we're covered by God. Just like I have been saved, I am being saved, I will be saved. I have been justified, I am being sanctified, And one day I will be glorified. Huh? I have been saved from the power of sin, okay, and on and on, and ultimately from the presence of sin. Now, my redemption is not complete yet, guaranteed. But one day it will be completed because God says it's going to be completed. And because God said it, I know it's true. Amen? It doesn't matter what the world says. What does God say? Now, our decaying bodies will put on redeemed, incorruptible bodies fit for heaven. Our deceased loved ones' bodies have to be raised, changed in order to reunite with their already redeemed soul and spirit that has been with Christ in a sinless heaven. Our loved ones, soul, and spirits already with the Lord. Amen? Now, this was the reason, the confidence, the hope, the truth for Paul. Paul said in Philippians one twenty three, he says this, For I am in a strait, betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, and to depart and be with Christ, depart my body and be with Christ, is far better It's a lot better to be with Jesus, okay? He says in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body. Why? And to be present with the Lord. That's where you go when you die as a believer. And Paul knew this truth because he had been in heaven with Christ previously. It states this in Acts 14:19, And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city supposing he had been dead. Now, a lot of people, by the way, believed there that Paul actually did die. Howbeit as the disciples stood around about him, he rose up and went right back in the city. Now, with that in mind, he says in 2 Corinthians 12 Howbeit, how be it? No, I, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth such a one caught up to the, what? Third heaven. Paul's speaking about himself. That he had been up to the third heaven. And he says he saw things that's not permitted for man to speak about. And these people who say they go to heaven and say, well, heaven, I saw this, I saw this. Paul said you can't even speak about it. Amen? So don't forget that. Now, if Paul were not awake after death, but unconscious, unaware of his surroundings, is that better than... Being alive in this world, even? And the answer, of course, no. He knew that after death, the Christian would be aware of being with and in Christ immediately. You know, the affairs of this life pale in comparison to what we will see, what we will feel, and what we will hear up there in heaven. Then the question is, will we know or recognize each other in heaven. Some hope so and some hope not. (laughs) But if you remember, Jesus, after his resurrection, he didn't have to reintroduce himself, okay? He had the same known body, the scars, a glorified body, in Acts, they said the same Jesus. You see, going up, the same Jesus coming back. He's the same Jesus. At the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up there, and they met Moses and Elijah. They were the same people, Moses and Elijah. Matthew 8, 11 says this here, And I say unto you that many shall come in the kingdom... From the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. There, those three there, they're the same Old Testament people. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In Luke 16, the rich man, after he died, he went to hell. Now remember, hell had two compartments. Hell on one side was torment. Hell on the other side, a gulf fixed between them. On the other side was paradise. If you were saved, you went to hell, the paradise compartment. If you were lost, you go to hell in the torment side. But after Christ rose from the dead, we believe he took paradise up to the third heaven. And that's where people go at this time. Amen? Well, here we have, at that time... Lazarus, the beggar, and the rich man. the rich man, he's in hell, and he looks over, and he sees Lazarus, and he's with Abraham. You remember that? Now, remember, his body's dead. But he still sees Lazarus and Abraham in their souls. And you stop and think about that. Evidently, our soul is a replication of, of our outward appearance that people can identify you. Have you thought that through sometime? That's interesting, isn't it? He knew who they were. Well, I won't go there. I started to say something funny. I said, this is not time to say it, Lord, I'm sorry. In Luke 16, the rich man also, after death, recognized that his five brothers were not with him in hell. So he asked Abraham to send someone to them. Now that's in hell. What about in heaven? We will be there together with them in heaven. We will be having a reunion, never to be separated by death again. What comfort would there be if you didn't recognize anybody. Amen? I'm looking forward to seeing Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Elijah. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing people that I know and I love who have gone off the scene. Sometimes I'll take out, I have a, a section where funerals I've done over all these years, and I see all these people out of sight, out of mind a lot of times. You can't help it. There's so many, and I'm saying that, I said, man, they've been in heaven for a pretty good while. And I look forward to being able to see them then one day in the future. Another question, in heaven, will we know of those who are in hell? If so, wouldn't we be sad? Well, some try to use Revelation 21, 4, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither crying, sorrow, And whatever, neither shall there be any more pain for former things are passed away. And they try to use that, says you won't have a memory. You won't remember. All things are new. Well, I don't agree with that. And by the way, Revelation 21, 4, when it was written, that's after the white throne judgment. That means believers have already been in heaven for a thousand plus years. Isn't that interesting? So this doesn't mean a loss of our memories of our loved ones in hell. I believe we will know that they didn't make it to heaven. And they are in hell. How did Abraham view the rich man in hell? Well, he knew the rich man had said no to God. So God gave him what he wanted. (laughs) And even in hell, the rich man was not sorry... He was not repentful for what he had done. Abraham, there, his body is dead, but his soul is alive. He has no sin nature to cloud his judgment, no emotions swaying him or his thinking. He had a righteous, godly mindset that agrees with God. He knows that God did everything possible to keep anyone out of hell, He sent His only begotten Son. And he did everything possible to keep anyone and everyone out of hell. The reason they're in hell is they chose not to believe in Christ. And when they do that, the father says, they didn't treat my son's sacrifice properly at all. It's as if they trampled on it. And they deserve what they're getting. We will in heaven view everything as God does because our old nature is dropped. We in heaven will have a heavenly righteous mindset. Revelation chapter 6 verse 9 says this, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them, The souls, not their body, the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. They were martyred in the tribulation. And it goes on to state there, And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long? Souls are speaking. How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were were, should be fulfilled. And here they are talking in heaven, having their bodies and so on. And they just want God to avenge their blood. They want righteousness and justice done. And even when we're in heaven, even though we know of people who didn't make it to heaven, we will still want God's justice and righteousness to be done. Amen? Einstein said we use less than 10% of our brain at any time. But when we get to heaven, we'll have full compliance of our brain and will not have a sinful nature. Think about that. I don't know if some of you ever seen the movie Lucy. You ever see that movie? Where the medication and it's begin to make her brain rapidly increase. When it got up to 10% she could do this. When it got up 20% she could do amazing things. And finally it went up to 100%. She ceased to exist. She existed as a chip. <laughs> Now, that's not us. I understand that. But we use very little of the capacity of our brain. Some of us more than others. (laughs) Now, when a baby dies, does their soul and spirit go to heaven? And I personally say yes. David said in 2 Samuel 12, and he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I said... Who can tell whether God will be gracious unto me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. David said, I, I know where my child went, and I believe I'll be going to him. Jesus said in Matthew eighteen fourteen, "The the basis of it is, don't prevent the little children from coming to me. Now, I know the context. He's talking to his disciples. Some kids had come up on his lap and that. But as I was thinking about that, you never find in the Bible a child in hell. You never do find that, do you? Isn't that interesting? Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 39. Moreover, your little ones, which you said should be a prey... And your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in the promised land, and unto them I will give it, and they shall possess it. And it gives an indication of the age of accountability, doesn't it? They didn't know the difference between good and evil, they didn't have that knowledge whatsoever. Romans chapter 4, verse 1, I'm about done, so just follow me. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. And in the mind of a babe,
0: there's no law
3: of right or wrong. He says in Romans chapter 5, verse 13 then, he says, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. So there's no personal guilt to one who cannot reason or understand. And I believe that's even, for some kids, uh, the feeble-minded. He says, comfort the feeble-minded. And so I believe babies go to heaven directly. Dr. Spurgeon said, heaven's full of children of God. And then, my last point is this, when you die, or you go, or you're here at the time of the rapture, will you go up with the rest of us? Now think about it. John said it this way, we can make application, behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's for kingdom believers. Can you imagine what it's going to be for heavenly believers? What a hope we have in the fact that we know heaven awaits us. My friend... Good friend, Charlie Chapman, went home and beat the Lord a couple of months ago. And we loved Charlie, and uh, he was a powerful preacher. I mean, just was. And COVID got him down in Georgia, and uh, he had some physical problems, and then the COVID hit him with the, those physical problems, and he, he couldn't handle it. And so he passed and went. To the Lord, but I was thinking about a time I down there, and I went down on a number of occasions. We'd fellowship, and uh, he said, "Man, he was tore up the other day. He went to a lady's house, and uh, she was dying, and uh, he wanted to comfort her. And so he went up and he said some things, and then the lady, before she died, said this." Charlie had a mom who he loved, and she had passed, and this lady said, Is there anything you want me to tell your mother when I see her? Isn't that amazing? You see, that's the hope. That's the confidence. That's the faith that the Word of God tells us is true in His Word. Amen? I like the old song, Face to Face. With Christ my Savior, face to face, what will it be? When with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ, who died for me. Face to face, I shall behold him far beyond the starry sky. Face to face, in all his glory, I shall see him by and by. What about you? What a day that shall be when my Jesus I shall see. And he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. Amen? That's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And when you die, you're going to say one of two things. If you're saved, you're going to say, at last, at last, my faith has become sight. Amen? Or you will say, oh no, I'm lost forever. Those are the only two things that can happen. Which one is it for you? How many of you would say, at last, at last? Amen? That's most all of us. But there might be some here today, a couple here today, you don't have that hope. And we, on behalf of Christ, would beg you, today's the day of salvation. Just acknowledge in your heart you're a sinner. That shouldn't be too hard. But then also acknowledge you can't do anything of yourself to be saved. Going to church, being baptized, giving your money, trying to live by the Ten Commandments, nothing can save you. That cannot save you. But you here today, that you understand that you will believe Jesus Christ is God's Son, on an old rugged cross, died in your place and shed his blood for your sins. They buried him, and three days later, he shot up from the grave alive. That's the death, burial, and resurrection. That was for you, but it doesn't apply to you until you apply it by faith. You believe in your heart that he didn't just die for, he died for me. It's for my sins he died. But also because of my sins, I'm asking him today and telling him I believe his sacrifice is enough to save me. God, I believe. If you would believe that in your heart today, God will save you right there where you sit. Let's just bow our head and close our eyes. Now I want to give you a moment to contemplate. Just right there where you are. Tell God, God, I'm a sinner but God, I believe who you are what you've done for me. You say that in your heart. Just pray it to him right now in your heart. I believe. I believe. And everybody said, I believe that Jesus Work is enough. And if you did that this morning, he says he forgave your sins and gave you the Holy Spirit, and he guarantees one day you'll see heaven's glory. Father, thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. Thank you that we might be anxious, not knowing how it's going to transpire, but our faith is complete, and the fact that we know we're, we're going to be in heaven one day, we who have believed in the gospel. And so, God, I just praise your name and give you glory this morning for the hope that we have in Jesus' name. And everybody said?
0: We hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you to visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpnd.net. For more information, please visit our website or contact us by phone. Until next week, may God richly bless you as our prayer.